Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Euphoria Podcast. I'm Draco. Sitting next to me is my boy, Cadrill. As always, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and SoundCloud. And our guests this week, none other than jungler and head coach of G2, Yike and Dylan Falco. Welcome, gentlemen. It's good to have you here. You've been away for a week. You just got to watch other people play League of Legends. How has the the two weeks of preparation for the Mad Lions been treating you? I, I think that um, we've only played like one official match for the past few weeks. So Yeah, you're chilling. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's nice because it's relaxed and we're winner's bracket, which is yeah. really great. But I can kind of feel in our practice sometimes things getting more and more <laughs> experimental and more yeah. and more fun because the pressure is, I don't want to say it's off, yeah. But we do have that like winner's bracket confidence. Yeah, you're like, let's just yeah, call it the winner's bracket confidence. We've yeah, got yeah, like yeah, two yeah. weeks. You like, have the luxury that you could lose to Mad Lions and still have the time to get serious before so you're eliminated. I just want to keep it under control a bit, maybe. Yeah, do Hopefully. You, do you feel like serious stage games help you take scrims more seriously? Like, if, if you had to scrim for a month with no stage games, do you feel like you'd, by the end of that month, your scrims would just be absolute clown fiesta? pick whatever you want animal style crazy stuff yeah i would kind of say so i think it's i think it's hard to just stay focused playing like uh, a lot of scrims especially if you play for one month no scrims or like no official games it's always gonna be just hard to stay focused and i'm a guy who also can get like bored same with maybe my teammates especially in scrims so it's very possible yeah bored is it like bored of like the scrims itself, board of like, you know, enemies are bad, same team you scrim. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of everything, I think. Playing the same teams or same champs or like any kind of stuff, I guess. I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's boring, of course. I never think scrims is boring, but if you play it for one month straight, then it might get a bit boring in the end. <laughs> I can see that. Well, we'll hope the best for what I assume will be a Korean boot camp for you need guys in the potential oh, yeah. month You need some scrims there. LP. Like, you need to like get something from the enemy team if you win scrims, like an incentive. As yeah, much as you get nice. like practice out of it. Imagine you like you win like five zero in a scrim block. You get like a little point on the ladder, like champions. You get a little trinket. Yeah, you open up the EU scrim ladder, and there's first place, second place, <laughs> and then you know it's like a ranking, and then the ranking can choose who they scrim, yeah. and then I, that becomes... would last for exactly <laughs> as long as Champions Q lasted there, buddy. Champions Q is dead. What <laughs> oh, happened? Yeah. That's know. a good point. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? No, we're, we're talking about Champions. If you want to talk about Champions Q, we talk about what Champions Q later. <laughs> it died. Nobody cares. No uh, one talked about I, it. We I don't... wanted to play it. So I thought it was fun. I yeah, played the... it sometimes, but then, <laughs> then no one queued up. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, what the? Yeah, it was a bit weird. I don't know what happened to Champions Q. I think it was actually fun when we played it, especially. There was a point in MSI when uh, the Koreans oh, were trying yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. 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 then we, I tried to play it as well a lot, but uh, he just died, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Dylan, were you surprised at all that Champions Q died? No, I think the player base of solo Q versus Champions Q's Q is so much less. It's so much harder to get like consistent games. Mm-hmm. I think that is actually is the issue. I also think that the added... I think people should have played way more without voice. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, think, oh, yeah. I think that's something I, I wanted our team to try and do. But it just became culture that everyone's always using voice and using comms. And I can really understand how playing scrims for a full day and then going have to talk to people you don't know, which can mm. be uncomfortable, for a couple more games at night can not be the greatest. So I kind of wish it was a bit more muted. Yeah. yeah. I think that I, I can see that. And I wonder if like if it if it comes back, if they bring it back or try to push, go for another push on it, if they'll scale it back. Because that feels to me like they looked at what is the perfect version of Champions Q and yeah. what what not what is the most immediately practical or sustainable version of Champions Q because yeah the also from talking to players like someone was complaining about you're you know you got Mickey on one team and you've got like tenth place from one of the ERLs on another team is completely imbalanced and the guys on the other team are like trying to help this guy while simultaneously managing their own lane could be a blessing and, and a like, curse so Mickey's like yeah I'm gonna play. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you never know. But my point is, it's just like you have these crazy disparities. And then if you're in voice comms, and obviously people aren't going to be like super toxic in these voice comms, and you want to help people, but that's also just more burden that you're putting on yourself if you're trying to like wrangle a bunch of people you've never worked with. So I don't know. I'm sad it kind of died in the way that it did, but maybe we get something. People are going to Korea this time. We don't have to worry about it. That server is just champions queue in Korea. Oh it. yeah, Korean boot camps. They're they great. don't need it, bro. Yeah. yeah, Korea doesn't need it at all. They've no. got all the Chinese player base. Like Korean solo queue is top. Two. Yeah, I'm really excited to go to Korean solo queue. It's gonna be my first time, you know. Oh first yeah, time it's your Korea. first time. I've never been to Asia at all. So going Korea is gonna be so fun. And the solo queue. I mean, I'm excited. Um, it's gonna be fun to play against the best younglers. Dylan, how many times have you been to a few Korean boot camps? At uh, least? Many, many. I don't know, yeah. four, five, six. Uh, a lot over the years. Um, 
I'm sure Yag will come in with the great expectations of Korean solo queue and all of the great high level play. And then first game open five minutes. Everyone's sitting in fountain and, yeah. and then they all, open the, all the boom. So yeah, I, I heard some stories about that. The so. boom in the sky jokes and like you're yeah. gonna get you're gonna get yeah. I guess that's not gonna be fun. But, but you have to you have to do us proud because like in 2019 or was it 2020? Was MS uh, Worlds in 2020 was in Europe, right? I can't bro. Uh, 2021, anything like that. I remember watching a lot of the solo queue and Canyon and Showmaker came over and they got rank one and rank two within oh, the yeah. first three or four weeks. Yeah, I remember. And they just, they just sat there. And I feel like that did a, a toll on European solo queue. So we need to do one back. <laughs> like yeah, one yes. of the boys from G2 or the EU teams needs to get rank one or rank two and just sit there and maintain it. I can see, I can see my teammates get high, highly ranked. I think me... I would probably be challenger. I don't know how high I can get. Like I, don't, I can't really compare to like I don't know how it is in Korea, so I can't really compare. But I'll probably get challenger. I think my whole team probably should. Yeah. And uh, I could see like maybe caps like go for the rank one. Caps is can. an enigma to me in solo queue. Like sometimes I look at his account, he's like 400 LP. Next yeah. day I look at his account, he's like 1.5k, yeah, and I'm just like, what the hell goes on in his like solo queue days? I don't like, know what this. Yeah, I don't know how like. What, what it does sometimes he spams champs that just 1v9 every game <laughs> he actually 1v9 every game in solo queue and then sometimes it rolls a bit well, yeah, this, is, this, is, this is the age old Caps story Dylan you probably remember this when you started working with him is everyone hated Caps in solo queue so much yeah. because he would either stomp you or int you completely I remember Caps reformed 15 year old Riven <laughs> <laughs> we're winning the game he's playing Ignite Riven top the game's won this is like 2015-16 someone writes Caps is suddenly 10 deaths in a row. The game's <laughs> lost. <laughs> Blink and you miss it. <laughs> Just, yeah. Look, all great, all great players have a, you know, a dark and mysterious past. <laughs> Dude, this name just gave it to me. Caps Reformed. I loved it. And then it was Enigma Caps. Enigma Caps. <laughs> on the Aurelion Soul. He just giggles, tells stories. Of, oh, I was playing Udyr oh. support with Reckless and he was so mad at me. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. Oh my he God. He has so many stories. It's insane actually. Like every day he has a new story about his, like the past, what it did, like solo queue and everything. It's Actually, it's very fun to Do you need the it. episodes, the adventures of Caps? <laughs> I just, I think that that's such a great way even if it does come at the suffering of Reckless when you're playing Udyr support, like to like keep the game enjoyable for you. And then Reckless roll swap to support. Mini games. <laughs> like, yeah, he thought Udyr he support one time camps. and he's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with you. What camps. do you mean? Maybe preps it? Maybe. For the comeback. The Udyr oh, support. Oh shit, true. I don't know anything Lith about how your support works. I'll have Trust to, I'll me, have to hit caps up. I think it's it doesn't. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> This is the problem, though, is I just feel like when you're a good when you're good enough, and if the enemy support is auto filled, you can make anything look viable in solo queue. Yeah, that's true. Probably, yeah. I feel like but, solo queue is just a lot of Xerath supports and Telia supports and like Lissandra and like mages. And, bro, don't. And then you see an Alistar, and the game's lost. Some of those things are less ridiculous, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll see. We'll what see how AP spicy gets. AP Wukong. The mage supports in solo queue actually perform so well. Yeah, but the problem about pro play is. In an actual stage match, you're always behind like three, four, five levels sometimes even on the game. And you almost never even complete your second item. Whereas mm -hmm. in scrims and solo queue, you can actually get levels in gold on support roll. You're like ever and, frost yeah. Sonya's every and, fight. Like I'm so valuable. And there's been many times where people play these mage sports and scrims and they actually look pretty good because they lane very well. And maybe if you're good at playing the style where you get more resources, it can work. But man, you just go on stage and it's just, you're just a yeah. Yeah, you can't take as much resources. Yeah, Alistair like without an Alistair. It's like Talon as well. Actually Talon in solo queue. I don't no. know, do you play Talon jungle? You're disgusting. Uh, not right okay, now. Do you play it? Because oh. that would make you a horrible person. <laughs> I played it when they did the said Talon and yeah, yeah. there were like oh, three yeah. younger champs. Yeah. When they all got buffed for jungle clear. Talon. I love Talon. He was like one of my favorite champs to play and it was like so fun. Then they kind of nerfed him. But then some there's still some OTPs playing him, you know, and that's a bit annoying. I hate them. I hate yeah. them all. OTPs? Talon, Talon Yumi? Talon oh, Yumi? God. Oh, oh actually, God. we played it. Talon I played it last year. It was very Talon fun. and Kane mains in solo queue. Yeah. They just rub me the wrong way. Yeah. Disgusting. I love Kane. Kane's such a funny champion to me. I mean, he just he's just weird designs. I love it. I love yeah. Kane too. I'm just an edge lord. If I can if I can pretend I'm good at a champion by reading their kit and understanding it, then I'll like the champion. <laughs> That's why you're a release date. That's like. why I'm a release date. Ain't. Actually, I think Udyr is kind of complicated now. Like as much yeah. as you say Udyr is like before. No, Udyr actually is a now, bucket of text. Like now. your your passive is so. We played it. We played Udyr this year. Oh, yeah. Against Vitality. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, was a really disaster. I love how Yike just goes like this. I feel like your losses haunt you, Yike. The thing is, when I play like these champs, Udur and like Evelyn, and we lose. I play oh, one yeah. game of them, we lose, and then it's like, 
I know it's like never coming back. <laughs> just like, does, does that make you feel more pressure if you ever pick anything weird on stage? You're like, if I don't win, I will literally never get to play this champ again. No, I don't think so. I think yeah, I, just, <laughs> I guess I think it's more fun. Yes, when I get the chance to play a new champ, I think it's gonna, just gonna be fun, and I do my best. I try my best. Yeah. Hey, if I we mean, lose, we lose. You were the the big Bell Veth adopter, and that oh, obviously yeah. worked out really fantastic. The Evelyn incident. <laughs> the Evelyn incident. Yeah. Okay. Last question before we transition into the more serious. Well, serious is a strong word. Slightly more serious portion of the day show. We talked about the dumb stuff we've seen cats do in Soliki. What is the dumbest thing you have ever seen a teammate or someone under you as a pro player do that is safe for podcast? Because I've been realizing more and more that the, my favorite esports stories are either the ones of like crazy victories like Def's World Run or like Caps trolling Reckless and mm. Soliki with a beer. <laughs> like that, that, that's the stuff that does it for me. Um, there's like the Draven mid story. But I think I, I've told that one many times, but we can go for that one again. Yeah, what is the Draven mid story? It was like the first time I ever met Caps when he was 17. And it was like the first scrim set. And he locks in Draven mid. It was like against Lucian, right? It was like Lucian mid meta. Picks Draven mid meta with, with the big head. <laughs> Draven, with Draven. the big head. And he's just giggling Draven. and laughing. He goes to solo kill him level two. He was winning the lane. He, like, he was really winning. Autos the turret instead. Dies. And game's lost. Runs it down the whole game. 0-10. And I was like... What is this who, who is this L9 kid? bro was that, <laughs> did you think in that moment you're like this is it this is the guy I'm gonna spend most of my career working with no, this I, guy I, right I, here I didn't know who he was at all he was just like he was just a rookie at the time right are, they, are you even allowed to play Big Head Draven in pro? no you are no, not, not. <laughs> we, we're screaming on live back then you used to scream on uh, live servers oh yeah that's right yeah. that's right that's right yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. My God. That's, a, that's just funny to me Draven Draven mid with Ignite that's I remember that meta catch. as well because like I also remember screaming caps in like 2018 and he was playing Kog'Maw mid into Corky mid. Yeah. And he was like playing this, not AP Kog'Maw, he was playing like Doran's Blade, oh. on-hit Kog'Maw. Oh, it was unlaneable, man. I was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> but that's like, I don't even consider that down on the It's not on the Draven, Draven scale, like, yeah. It gets pretty, it gets yeah. pretty rough. He has some like very troll champs. Even I experienced that, so... <laughs> Think it's, What's yeah. the worst thing you've experienced? This is now talk about Caps' horrible champion <laughs> full The thing is... <laughs> I'm also new, so I only have this year in LSC with G2, and mm -hmm. then I have the last year in LFL, so I don't have that much, many experiences. I mean, it would probably also be Caps, you know? He always does, like, <laughs> something something weird or something stupid, and... Uh, You've I got think, many more years to go of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what, what he could have done. I remember my dumbest story is... Um, we're about to go on stage against Fnatic. Yeah, yeah. Aphelios, maybe? It's going to be like can a that? That one? Yeah, you can, yeah. really important best of one. Yeah, yeah. Expect drinks two Red Bulls. 30 seconds before going on stage. One shot, one shot. Sits on stage. One minute later says, I need to throw up. I don't think we can win. I can't focus. I can't see. My eyes hurt. And I'm like, my top laner's gone. It's lost. <laughs> too many <laughs> wings, bro. Man had too yeah. many wings. You can't just one shot two Red I've Bulls. I've never back seen to back. a guy grab a Red Bull, squeeze it, one shot, throw it on the ground, get another one, crack it open, squeeze, squeeze it. it. Yeah, he's literally going, oh getting the whole God. thing down. <laughs> and then he's like burping nonstop, walks on stage, sits down and says, I feel sick, I can't see. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was just mind blown. And then he played well. He did? Yeah, no, he didn't play too bad. <laughs> Red Bull, baby. <laughs> Red Bull. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, what's your, what is, I heard of Felios? Is that what I heard? Yeah, Caps played some of Pidus mid this year for some reason. It was a counter pick to... Well, actually, you can't say the matchup. I cannot, you say, cannot the say the matchup because I think he'll be really mad. Yeah, I cannot leak, but... But Caps did play Aphelios in AD carry days, indeed. Yeah, I mean, Caps yeah. Aphelios was actually, surprisingly, pretty good. So, maybe, I hope he puts it out one day. <laughs> in that specific counter matchup. Got yeah. it. Yeah. That matchup. You never know when the mat is going to come all the way back around yeah. and he'll be able to use that dark hidden technology. Yeah. And no one is going to know what champ is into. The benefits of like having a flexible player like, uh, you know, playing a Fido Smith, I guess, is like, let's say you go back to funnel meta, you know, and your jungler now needs to play support or your mid laner needs to play like Morgana bot and your AD carry <laughs> needs to play mid. Bro, you're ready for it. You change those patch <laughs> notes and funnel meta's back or something or lane swap meta. Yeah. I can always tell what players are going to do well in weird metas because they're the players that are like constantly talking about dumb stuff and usually it's outside of their role. They're like, oh my God, did you know you could do this? I'm like, why do you know that? <laughs> like, why do you know about this jungle clear on this one champion? Like, you play support. Why is this the thing I see you the most fired up about? You know? Yeah. It's like people... The grass they, is always green on the other side. The grass is always green yeah, on the other on other side. roles. Yeah. All right. Okay, I caps weird stuff. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a weird cap story. What is the, what is the dumbest thing I've ever seen 
I've seen a lot of pro players lock themselves out of their houses. That's the classic. Oh, but we're not. We're talking about real life stuff as well. Oh, I was oh, talking no. about real life stuff as well, dude. I don't like the game stuff is good. <sighs> I don't. Oh, Where man. to begin? Yeah, Where, exactly. Yeah. There's the, a lot of stories. Is yeah, Caps still. top of the list still? Uh, he's up there for sure. Yeah, it okay. gets a lot more competitive. I, yeah, I think it, there's, there's a lot more competition. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the other one I've seen? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's the like the toilet broke. And we're not going to tell our manager for like three weeks. And we're just... Didn't see it. (laughs) I will not claim responsibility. Didn't see it. There's a different bathroom in the house. And we're just going to use that bathroom. That's one I've seen. That's disgusting. Um, Or technically heard about. I did not experience it firsthand. But yeah, it just seems never ending. I'm glad you did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway, pro players, you're aspirational. Everyone wants to be you or be with you. You guys are cool and amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last week, League of Legends happened. Uh, BDS versus SK is a pretty easy series to talk about. We'll save that one for a second. We'll start by talking about XL versus Fnatic. I know that um, from what you guys told us earlier that you were making content during that day, so you maybe didn't get to watch all of it. But what was, what was your initial thoughts seeing both these teams perform? Fnatic obviously ultimately taking it, going the full game five. What did you guys think of the series? Uh, I mean, I can say that I thought it was... Very messy, yeah. I think uh, they're just fighting a lot, and uh, it was, yeah, it was just a messy series. I didn't see all of it, of course. I saw the last game, and yeah, it was, it was a weird, uh, weird game, <laughs> but it was banger, though. I mean, banger for going day five, and yeah. felt very close at many moments. But yeah, I agree on the on the on the sloppy front, bro. There were so many engages that were like scuffed, and like one team wants to engage, and the other team disengaged, and they tried to re-engage, and they missed the re-engage. Peach got caught. Every time I looked at the screen, Peach was getting caught. <laughs> I felt like in the, especially in the, like the early to mid game. Um, so yeah, I was actually surprised that Fnatic played Kalista game five. I didn't expect them to go Kalista North for game five. Yeah, I, was I was like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, that was bold. That's pretty good. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Didn't like. I think they did like one bot dive towards the early part, which I think their bot dive was kind of lucky. Like Limit got hit by a, a W. And then he like went over the tower and got hooked and then died. But yeah, I was surprised he didn't play Kalista. I thought XL would be the ones trying to do that and stuff like that in the game five. But um, I think double AD carry is just OP. I'm just gonna say it. You know, Zeri Tristana, Kalista Tristana. It does look you really just good. Done. Three items. I think the Fnatic read on what to pick and how to pick it. I think more importantly was really good in that series. I think like the way, for example, they built the Talia Kalista comp in the last mm. game. I was actually impressed because I think it was very good. Uh, I think that like they pick Talia, they pick a lot of setup with it. I think they were also willing to play Ivern and Rel and like a lot of the OP picks. Whereas I think Excel came into the series and I see like game one, Rel Ivern get locked in on red side. You traded Zaya for Rel Ivern. Yeah. And I was just at least from what all the other teams were doing in playoffs so far, not not even considering what what I think, that was just like very, very different, I mm. think. So for sure they were that usually just comes from overthinking things, probably, I would, yeah. I would guess. And then I think XL was playing pretty close to them. Like, it was a close series, right? I could definitely see a world in which they would have clutched it out. But I think also Game 5 draft was a bit of a disaster, for yeah. sure. Game 5 was rough. Yeah. And, and, like, there were definitely, I think, it felt like the draft already made the, the Game 5 difficult. And then I think that there were some hiccups in performance, too, in that last game. And I never want to say, like, a player choked because I think people are too quick to jump on it. So I can't say if that was normal performance with just a couple extra fumbles or if it was the pressure of the game five i'm not gonna i'm not in their heads i'm not gonna make the assumption but that game five was rough on an execution level and it was it just felt like once Fnatic got ahead outside of one or two uh you know pretty redeeming moments i think it was they were just lost yeah i have to say like that game specifically i think there was a fight in bot tribush early on where xl won quite hard and like Fnatic, i think they lost like three or four uh kills and a drake or something uh, and they blundered like their Kalista pushing lane but Humanoid playing Tristana was just sitting on a side lane the whole game. And yeah. he was like just 50, stacking 40 CS money. Up, 50 CS up, yeah. a level up. And he just, I don't know, he, I think he played really, really well that game to be like consistently even or ahead to make sure that he didn't fall behind at all. And like, even though Abadaga was trying to roam around the map and stuff like this, I feel like the Tristana on side lane was just, yeah, I feel like it's just a menace sometimes. How do you feel about the Talia jungle? Like, it looks. <clears throat> It was pretty quiet in most of the early games. It just seemed like it kind of power farmed. Yeah, I think she's more of a farmer now than before. Before she was more like you get level three and you use like gang stuff, you can one shot. But now I think she's much more scaling. 
I think she wants to farm up, get like one item, two items. And you also, everyone plays the first strike, which I think is good because uh, more gold, more money. And uh, yeah, I think she's very strong when she gets to mid late game, but she for sure needs like some like setup. She needs yeah. like help because if yeah. she plays alone, yeah, she's probably gonna die a lot. Yeah, yeah, you need like protection or like yeah, the stuns. Yeah, the first week of playoffs, she was like a hundred percent presence, and I think just about a hundred percent banned. Um, yeah, and she's still super high presence here. I'm not quite sure if it's hundred. I can check real quick, but um. I'm curious if you feel like that's warranted because sadly our sample size for Talia mid is not nearly as exciting as our sample size for Talia jungle. And it, like on paper, I get it. It's this nice, it's this flex. You can play it in either position. Do you, do you feel like that level of priority on Talia in the current meta is justified, Dylan, based on what you've seen? Um, I think it's hard to say. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say and maybe I can't say. <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. I don't want to give away. Yeah. I, yeah, if I'm ever pushing you into giving too much away territory, please just shut but me down. It's it definitely fine. is good that it can be played in both mid and jungle. And yeah. I think it like it has needs set up scaling scaling tramp can be good for sure. It definitely is weak to engage, right? Weak to champs that can get onto you, weak to assassins. Mm. So I think it's one of those champs where when it's in the meta, mm. it's really interesting to see how teams actually play around it and draft around it. Because it's the sort of champ that enemy picks it, you want to counter it. Or if you yeah. pick it, you need to pick around it. Or yeah. maybe you need you just choose to ban it or, or something like this. So I like those ones because it makes it more technical and more interesting. Yeah, I remember in 2020 when the jungle meta shifted to carries, the biggest counter people were playing in the Tlia was Nocturne. They were playing like Nocturne comps into it. Mm. Yeah. So I'm surprised we haven't seen... I, I know you guys play like the Nico and the Nocturne stuff like that. But, <laughs> Nocturne was also pretty uh, popular in LCK playoffs as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. It? That's what I was going to say. LCK like... If Nico Nocturne's open, even in like a a one-two one scenario, they'll just pick Nico Nocturne, and then you know their exact draft from the get-go. Um, so I'm surprised. I think well, I think if Talia's picked like that, I think Exile could have had maybe a, a better game plan into what they want to do against Talia. Because I think if you draft against it and play like this super dive-heavy comp, she can struggle a bit. Yeah, I think uh, I think I Nocturne is the most commonly played to the matchup in League history in jungle. Yeah, I, we looked this up the other day. <laughs> into so. Talia? Yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah. That was the most common played matchup. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Like, if you see her once in her jungle, like yeah, level yeah, six, yeah, yeah. Yeah. on her, it's there's no counterplay. Yeah, I, I think the problem with Nocturne would be there's a lot of champs that are very good against Nocturne in the meta. Yeah. Yeah. Little Jax, little Alistar. Yeah, bounce house <laughs> can be hard. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if we get that more later in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Worlds. I yeah, I'm not sure. The thing about a series being this close and this kind of this messy at so many points is it's hard for me to know what to take it from it especially from a meta perspective about what's actually going to transition i think double 80 carries obviously remain super super strong tilia jungle looks good as well but like how good is his year on paper win rate great rework seems good in solo queue but i'm not sure I, i'm afraid that we're just going to get another set of series where it's like Sign an Orn, let's do it. Like, that was the scaling team fight, baby. Let's keep yeah, it Jax going. Yeah, Jax wasn't even touched, was it, this whole series? But I think that's probably more about the teams playing than it is about the meta, right? Yeah, or wait, I mean, and again, I don't want to give away the G2 strategies here. <laughs> yeah, we're teetering on the edge of, like, pushing Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Here. I just want to, I, <laughs> I do want to know, but I also don't want you guys to leak. But I'm just, I'm curious if it were just, if we're just full team fight meta again. Which, if that's what the world wants to play great for Europe. If that's only what Europe wants to play, I get scared because every time we play full team fight and then go to Worlds with carry junglers, we lose. We love our team fights. Um, what do you think? It's hard to say. I'm not the best at seeing like what the best meta is. I haven't really... I don't really remember from now what they played in LPL LCK because everything is like over now. It's only LSC. Like you're right, it's only yeah. LSC and like yeah. then there's EU Masters as well, I guess. So I can't really compare now to what they would play, but what we're playing right now, I think I think we're playing something similar to that. But uh, I would not be scared of going towards playing Terry Younger's, you know. I think that's something we played in the winter split and yeah. I would be confident going back to that style. But now I'm more supportive as well. So yeah, I think you have to be right. Yeah. Sejuani, yeah. Ivan, yeah, Maokai, Meta. Maokai, you're just like, Sirianni, Ivan. Oh, one game of Evelyn. Oh. Yeah, one Evelyn game. <laughs> <Listen. laughs> yeah, it didn't work so good against BDS, did it? Yeah. Um, it was, um, that was a roughie. Yeah, it was very rough. Yeah, I mean, um, there was a Darius in your jungle. Yeah, There was got, wars all over your camps. Yeah, Adam, Adam loves me. <laughs> he just came give you a hug in the jungle. Yeah, Welcome you to your own big hug side. in the jungle. Yeah, I feel um, like when you fall behind, you just... Yeah, I mean, it's bad, Against their uh, comp, you're like... It's that type of champ, you know, if you fall behind when you're skating younger and solo AP, then it's going to be hard. Literally and figuratively invisible. 
Yeah. yeah. But on like the the scaling and team fight stuff, there's actually something that from playing a lot of the Asian teams at MSI that we sort of picked up because obviously in like winter and mm. spring we were playing very fast, very aggressive because that's mm. a lot of what we were lacking last year, right? Yeah. And we kind of came into this year being like we want to play faster, we want to play more decisive, we want to play more aggressive. Um and the team was kind of built around that. And at MSI, um, we're scrimming these Asian teams, right? And we're just like winning early games. We're winning scrims. We have an insane, like, insane record. And it feels like mechanically we're very strong. But I think they had a really good idea, especially in official matches, how to play a bit more controlled, how to push waves and neutralize waves a bit more, mm-hmm. and how to just build really good solid team comps. Like JDD wasn't just ending games in 20 minutes. JDD was a scaling team, though. And like even, I think, in summer... They're playing a lot of Orn, Rakan, and, yeah. and stuff like this. Yes, okay, the Renekton yep. comes out every now and then, but they are playing scaling, and they do want pressure in their lanes. They don't want to just sit there and scale and do nothing, but it's really important, I think, to them that their team comps make sense. So we've tried to kind of really rethink how we approach yeah. the game mm-hmm. uh, ever since MSI. And I, I think if you see from our record since then, we're so much more consistent, and our win rate has been like way better. And we just can... When things go bad, we still have... I would, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. We saw a similar thing with Mad Lions and MSI too, right? Where they had that really fantastic lease in game. And we saw pretty consistently, actually, that like the best games the West showed were games where they got big early game leads, but then just got completely choked out. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I really like that perspective. I'm curious, how much of that do you feel like is just drafting these really solid team compositions versus like just discipline in mid to late game? Like what do you, when you think about what um, LPL and LCK teams have shown over us past just that philosophy of like being much more controlled. Like, what else do you think goes into them being able to play those compositions so well? You wanna? Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> not to me. I, I I think it also is the gameplay, of course. I think it's important to not just lock in scaling and play scaling. Like, it's really easy to just pick scaling champs, lose your lanes, lose the game, and then it's just not good. I think it's managing and to find it in a way where you're still putting pressure on the map. You know, it's like it's like a fine balance. Like part of the reason I think Cogma Brahm has worked so well for us, for example, is because it actually wins a lot of lanes. Like yep. the laning yeah. is actually very strong in certain matchups and certain scenarios. So I think yeah, we've had to talk, had the discipline talk a lot for sure. Yeah, um, BB, but, I think, says it in literally every Yeah, interview. that's like BB, kind of like... BB's like, please stop That fighting. was what kind of one of the keywords for uh, a few weeks, for sure. Discipline, but, discipline, yeah. discipline. Yeah, it actually was. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, 369 just always picks tanks, always. And they always have team fights somewhere or engage somewhere from top or support, no matter what. It's like rare that you'll see him pick like a Camille yeah. uh, or something like that, or Fiora. So, yeah. Like uh, we had Draven, Brom, Nidalee again in one of our matches at MSI, you know. Like I think back to that, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, we were winning that game for sure. Yeah. But for some reason, we <laughs> like, can't it. win team fights. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that completely. Do you, do you feel like when he talks about the interesting thing that you, you mentioned was the, the way that they kind of shut down your options as much as like in scrims, you had like high win rates in the games like volatile and you could really take over in early games. They found ways to neutralize waves. Did you like visually see how they were doing that and think to yourselves like, how do we stop them from doing this? Or did you eventually say like, yeah, they found a way to stop us now. We have to go team fight. Uh, I think that's probably something maybe like Caps and BB would know more about than me. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just a lot of just, for example, just on a mid, you just push. Yeah. And you just go side lane, you just push. Just champs that could push and fog. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, for me, it was more mostly like what I was thinking the most about was their team fights and like the clutch factors. They're like very, very clutch in every team fight. And I think they play very well with, they know how to play their comps every time. Like mm. it was so hard to team fight with JDG. They always made comebacks. They like they were like so hard to play against in like mid late game. Did you notice that when they had set up, or even when they like let's say you had set up as in first, did you notice that they could break into your like into your dragon vision or whatever it is, or like they could find ways to start a team fight on even terms, even though you felt like you were ahead sometimes? I would say they could do that sometimes. And then I think we also talked a lot about it, and I think we learned a lot about it. So I think we're much better. And I think yeah, the teams like JDG, T1, Genji, they taught us a lot on how to play like the map. After like, you know, mid-game and late-game. Mm. Mm. That's good. Even like how they were walking to the objectives, like yeah. one person here, two people here, three people here. Like the way, we kind of looked at, at that actually quite a bit. And mm. we learned some stuff. Dissected yeah. a bit. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like, is that something that you would have thought about 
previously, like the minutia of how you walk to an objective together, and maybe you just feel like you had the wrong read on it? Or do you think by by looking at what they're doing there, you're starting to appreciate the importance of like little factors that you just didn't used to think about? Um, I think it's, I think when you lose, you, you're always just going to look and be like, yeah. why? Especially, especially when you feel like you were very competitive that even I think motivates you a bit more because you're like, oh, wow, it's just like a few things. Yeah. Mm. No, I get that. I always, we talk about this sometimes too, where it's like, if you want to get better at something, you want to play someone slightly better than you. Yeah. You know, if they just stomp you, you don't learn anything that you need, that you need them to be better than you in like five to 10 to 15, maybe even up to 20% in some areas. Yep. But if they're just 50% better than you, you're just, they're untouchable. You're just getting rolled in old days. Yeah. And it's like, where do you even start? Yeah. It's kind of like a you must be this tall to ride the ride sort of scenario. Like if you just can't get through lane phase, you can't. It doesn't matter. None of the rest of the decisions. Matter. There's a there's a live stream going on right now. Like lol World Championship every year yeah. does it. Like all the old World oh yeah plays everything leading up. Yeah, to yeah. Yes. I that as well. and yeah, I, I was watching one of the analyst test segments. It was like EDG versus Mineski or something, <laughs> <laughs> and like it was like so. What do you think about this matchup? And Mon- and Monskris would be like, yeah, well. I think it's just doomed. Like they're just gonna get outlaned <laughs> in every roll, and then double. It's like, yeah, I agree. I think they're just gonna lose every lane. It's gonna be a stomp. And the other analyst, Kobe, was like, yeah, I agree with both of them. I think both of their lanes are all their lanes are losing. And I'm just like, yep, that's it. They're just better. <laughs> that's the conclusion. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, those games have gotten a lot more dangerous, though, with the game being more volatile. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. At, like back then, it used to be unwinnable when a yeah. team was much better than the other because the game was so slow. The yep. player gaps were so huge. Yep. Vision just, was so It was suffocating. like 0% win rate. Now, okay, maybe it's 5, maybe it's 10, mm. but sometimes Bro, I saw, stuff happens. I saw Fnatic Soas blitzcrank top like 50, <laughs> 50, 5 minutes into the game. He had like 25 CS. He has 3 wards in his inventory and a pink and like 1 like rejuvenation beat. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 5 minutes in with like 30 CS. And I was just like, wow, this is it. Both side, uh, side lane tier 1s are down. Like there's a Blitzcrank trying to hook inside a bush <laughs> next to the tier two, trying to pull their AD carry. Like not even farming with his AD carry. Like I was just like, this is great. Yeah. Bring this back. It's crazy. <laughs> what was that? What season? The season three, season four. Yeah, three, season three, I think it was. Nice. Yeah, yeah season must four. have been before. It was one of the Probably two. Se- I, really? Season four? It must have been like season two or something. No, no, So no, they started introducing support items in season three, right? I don't know. It was three or four for sure. Regardless. It was crazy. So as top Blitzcrank. I loved it. Goddamn. With That's P- crazy. It was with Puzu, whichever year that was. That's season one, bro. No, Puzu was, was not season one. That's, dude, bro, that's Shushay, man. Oh, that's, wait the hell wait, up. Wait, no. Who was the AD carry before Reckless joined? It was, uh, wasn't it? Le- it was Pushu. Really? Yeah. But when he came back, you know. When Did Reckless... he come back? Yeah, bro, he came bro, back. Uh, I'm sorry. I was a CLG fan at this point in my life. What the hell? Wait, EU? Uh, no. <laughs> what? I will, I'm American. Get this man what do you want desk. from me, bro? CLGU was gonna. No, CLGU was obviously CLGU dope, was but I was, fire. I was a hotshot GG fanboy. It was a weird yeah, that time was in my life. Three. <laughs> no, season season three. three. There you go. Yeah. God, I love CLGU. Well, different times, most yeah. certainly. But I, I feel what you're saying, and I think it's also part of the reason that, like, obviously there is a bit more mechanical parity in some regards. I think the game's gotten faster, and also I think that there's not quite, like, the gaps in between lanes aren't quite as big unless they're playing against, like, the true superstars of a region. So I still think we see a ton of upsets. And especially in like a Swiss format for Worlds, it's like, oh my. Yeah, great think- format, but also, uh, it's like a little bit anxiety inducing because yeah, I think there's for sure going to be upsets there at Worlds, especially if it's uh, only best of ones in the beginning. There's mm. for sure going to be some upsets. and It's going to be fun to see. Best of ones are, as much as like every Worlds has had group stage best of ones, I feel like these Swiss best of ones as well, because you'll play against opponents of similar skill level, no matter which direction you go in. Yeah, you can be a bit freaky with it. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can definitely like bust out a pick here and there to just take a win. I think yeah. I think it's gonna be really fair and like a lot of parity in all the matches to see if you can actually deserve to get out. Until multiple upsets start getting start happening, and then it's just gonna be wild. Like yeah. that, it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is that case where like You're two right. or three upsets happen in the first round. Oh yeah, and it, the whole it, thing it ruins the, whole the thing, entire thing. Yeah, this, yeah. Who knows, right? True. What will end up happening? For, for those of you who aren't aware, yeah. by the way, Swiss is um, teams with comparable score lines play each other. So if the winners, everyone plays someone in the first round, Everyone's all the zero, teams zero. split across 0-0. Zero, zero. The 1-0 teams will play each other. The 0-1 teams will play each other. Then the 1-1 teams, the 2-0s, et cetera, et cetera. Once you hit a certain amount of wins or losses, you're either in or you're out. That's It's, it's like our group stage. 
for LEC domestically, but just at a bigger Losers scale. play losers, winners yeah. play winners. Winners play winners. Yeah, so I, I, upsets ruin, can ruin everything <laughs> for parity. I absolutely love the idea, and I think it's going to be so good. The two things I like the most is, one, the two teams that sweep the Swiss will be opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, the two best teams will be on opposite sides of the bracket mm -hmm. for the yeah. bracket stage, which is the best. The second one is you just can't get locked in a really bad or really easy group. Like, yep. yes, things might get weird if there's upsets, but that that's kind of fair, right? If you beat a really good team, then sure, you're going to have an easier run. But you can't be locked in a bad group, and then all of a sudden, you're the seventh best team at the tournament, and you just don't make it out. That happens so many times. Yeah. 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 I, I think that the other thing that I really love, too, is that um, best of one is nice because it doesn't answer all questions yeah. and it leaves some things for best of five to be decided but i think the weakness of groups is because again the quality of your group determines so much groups almost told us nothing mm -hmm. you know what i mean and swiss feels like a lot more because if you're the team that makes it out and again i don't know what the thresholds are if you're the, the five two team that makes it out and you go oh two first and you have to grind your way up or you're the five two team that goes four zero loses to like it shows you the story of and like you get to see the quality of opponents they're going up against mm. so you get a much nicer idea of how strong a team is coming into best of five, which I I love. While we're on the topic of worlds, quick thing that uh, I think it was Vedia says this a lot is like LCK, especially um, the first week of worlds, they seem to struggle sometimes because their meta read is like off. And also in Europe, we talk about uh, season finals or like playoffs and scrim bubbles and having like different scrim meta reads. Have you guys had any of that this year, like international or during all of these like split finals where like you're right. like, oh, our meta read is terrible? Uh, I mean, I would say the opposite for MSI. I think we had very good meta read, and mm. uh, that's why I think we won a lot of scrims, especially in the beginning. I think we won a lot of scrims, and then they started catching up. And, and they, they saw your meta and were like, yeah, ah. they started playing the same stuff, and uh, then they started winning against us more. Mm. So usually, yeah, I can't really tell how it was before, but yeah, maybe they just copy a lot. Yeah, mm. yeah, not really interesting for worlds though. It kind of happened last year as well, worlds, right? You had a really good week one, and yeah. I think had a much better meta read. Uh, what was it, Genji playing Singe support? And, yeah, yeah, and, it wasn't even to you. And, uh, uh, and EU teams playing a lot of like Lucian Nami in really good situations where Asia had dropped the pick, and they had a really like Rogue. What did they go three zero? I think they went three zero, right? Rogue went three zero. Yeah, Fnatic beat T one. There was I think season five or season six where EU just had the superior lane swap meta and dominated week one, week two. But yes, I don't yes, think season five, I don't think they necessarily in Asia have better meta reads across history. Mm. I think sometimes it can it I don't want to say it's random, but it's like it can vary a lot more than obviously their mechanical skills are gonna be very good regardless. Yeah. I think that I mean what we've seen I think generally is that like very often teams anywhere are pretty slow to adapt. Like yeah. I feel like every region, regardless of track record or history is usually pretty slow to adapt like people are just teams in general and thus they're super dominant domestically and they have the luxury to experiment as it seems like you guys are talking about having now and scrims like you're just you, most teams are playing catch-up and are not going to flip things on an experiment it seems like mm. yeah i think the biggest thing i would agree with that one thing is just 2020 2020 again i think where i don't know i just think it depends on like the world championship. I don't know what your read on this is, but like carry jungle. Yeah, carry yeah. jungle. Or like big changes that yeah. happen, and like people are unsure if that big change is actually worth it or not. You know, like a uh, huge yeah, yeah, jungle yeah. shift. Everyone's like, I mean, tanks are really useful, and like you know, as much as I'm gonna lose or like go down a level, like engage and say, now I have to change my whole game plan to play like AD mids for my AP jungle carries for like sure, but it's also myself like for for, for jungle more. You oftentimes like in the case of 2020 specifically that era of like G2, whatever, when they tried carry jungles very briefly and then went back to like set Sejuani, right? Because it was just working yeah. better. And they were still our best team domestically. Mm. It's like... And internationally. No one could do anything. Well, yeah, but then like when we go international and they start to meet a caliber of jungler that can actually play those picks, it can just shatter your entire meta read. Yeah. So it's not like you can't be... I don't know. It's like you still be super wrong about it. And oftentimes it's just certain things only work yeah, it's when like you, you have the player base to support you it. Play you play a matchup I mean? and you're like, ah, oh, this is how the matchup goes. And you play it against a much better player, you're like, ah, that's not how the matchup goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic. Yeah. I feel like it's eternal. Uh, but Worlds, a little bit off at this point. We still have a bit more time. Uh, last thing, really quick notes BDS SK, not a super surprising result. How do you guys feel about BDS coming into the Fnatic matchup? They took a game off of you, maybe due in part to some difficulties in the jungle. 
Maybe. Um, getting killed twice. Maybe it was... Maybe a draft thing. Maybe I don't know. You guys let us game, know. Yeah. But uh, what do you think? Like, BDS kind of feel to me, as an outside, kind of similar to how they did in spring. A lot of the same thing. Um, just feels like the meta's kind of shifted again back into their their wheelhouse. Yeah, I think it's... The meta is kind of what they want it to be again. Same as spring split. I think Crowner just wants to play like the Seri, the Saya, mm. be safe. So it's going to be safe and then he can be a hyper carry in the late game. And uh, I think that was what made him very good. A tank jungler and then like Adam plays whatever, I think. And then like some mage mid. They have like their standard comp. And uh, the meta is pretty good for it right now. So yeah, I think they're not bad. And I think it's going to be probably a close matchup between Fnatic and BDS. Yeah. I wouldn't say... Yeah, I wouldn't say it would be a 3-0, but then now I thought like Wunder is going to play, so I might be different because they usually with a different top laner now. So it's going to depend a lot on, I guess, how Wunder is going to play when he comes back now. How do you feel about playing against Shio? When when El Yoyo was here, he was complaining nonstop because Shio was always doing something weird and wacky in the jungle. He's always got new strats. He's always coming in with something creative, sometimes completely troll, sometimes very good. Like is it just is it annoying to play against this guy in the jungle or this team around level one? So I've actually played against Shio for two years now. Like last the two years ago I played versus him in Division Two of France. Yeah. And then last year I played versus him in France in Division One and or like in LFL. And now I'm playing against him again in LSE. Like we're both just going like to the same league. <laughs> so that's very fun. So I played versus him a lot actually. And uh, yeah, he's a creative guy. I think he likes to do this stuff. Like he really loved to do the like ganking stuff, Seriani being creative, ganking a lot. And uh, yeah, I think it's very good. But uh, I've played versus him a lot, so I feel like I can I can kind of... spot it out. I can you know what it's coming. Bit, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely fair. But it's a fun matchup. I like playing versus him. We're both like the rookie, like two rookie youngers, so it's fun to see both of us like succeeding pretty good. Mm. Like we're both going worlds, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, actually, in the first... I mean, Normally, that's really it was impressive. always like... Broxa Jankos or like inspired El Yoya. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like <laughs> now it's Jack and Now Shio. it's, not, now it's Jack and yeah. What a generational hand. It's gonna over. be fun. Yeah. Um so we can talk a bit more about the fanatic side of that matchup um shortly with the Wonder Exchange, what we think that's gonna do, and obviously your matchup versus Mad, but before we get there, um we'll talk a little bit about you, Yike, and the really cool thing uh that I'm excited to talk about today is that um as of two PM today. Recording day, so before the podcast is released, the entire world will know that you are our rookie of the year. Um, I don't know if that's a surprise to you. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to celebrate you more on broadcast yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. because everyone's going to know before the podcast came yeah. out, we got the opportunity yeah. to talk to you about it first. And I just want to know how do you feel, man? Like, yeah. this is a huge, huge thing. You're going to worlds, you said it, she was going with you too, but you are the I think just about unanimously voted rookie of the yeah. Of the year. I mean, it feels very amazing. I'm very thankful, and I guess maybe I could have expected it, but it's always hard to know. But there was a lot of good rookies this year as well, though. So, uh, like, yeah, for example, Shio. I think Exekik was very good as well at most points, and yeah, I'm very grateful. I think the I guess weird thing is you know I'm playing for G2 my team is like very insane so mm. it's hard to it's always hard to say like if I was actually very good or if my team was very good making me look very good that's like the biggest thing for me so I'm very happy being the rookie of the year but I still want to prove myself I still want to win LSE and then go Worlds and really do well and I think after I've gone to Worlds and done my absolute best I will be like proud of myself for this yeah it feels like it never stops. And I respect that you've got your eyes on the prize and on what's in front of you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think you still got to stop to celebrate like what you have accomplished. So Dylan, I turn to you and it's like, you obviously brought this guy into the team. You, you scouted him. Um, how, how has he evolved over this year with G2? I think what has impressed me the most of uh, working with Yike is... And also, sorry, Yike, I know this is really uncomfortable. We're going to be praising uh, you for a while yeah. and it's just going to be it's weird. It's like, you know, when you go to school, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, your yeah, parents yeah, and yeah, your yeah, teachers yeah. are there and you're like doing really good. I'm sorry. I, this, I know it's weird, but you deserve the praise. Please just try to soak it in, bro. It's, it's, it's well okay, earned. Yeah, I will, I will. I think, I think the best is just the confidence and aggressiveness um, because you never know. Uh, working, I work with a lot of rookies, right? You never know if they're really going to be able to translate that into scrims, into stage, into high-pressure matches. Um... Because I remember like our first match this year, right? 
the plan was we lock in graves and you're gonna <laughs> oh, invade I remember level that. two. And then he goes to their top side. <laughs> and we had this whole thing planned out. And your of, bot gets tough. <laughs> we had this whole thing planned out of like you're gonna invade, we're gonna dive, then you're gonna steal three camps yeah. and like or like this Belveth thing where you're going between the turrets, behind the turrets and invading. And I think there's not many rookie players that can pull that off and lead that in a stage match. Like Egg's going on stage and he's just he's he's leading this entire set play. I'm gonna invade, we're gonna dive, we're gonna do all this mm. sort of stuff. I think that's really impressive. Um a lot of rookies I've worked with in the past, um, they've taken a more back foot role. Mm. Uh, maybe they'll just play more late game carries or they'll farm or they'll follow follow up, but that's not this at all. And I think it's been just so great to have that on our team. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like empowered in the G2 environment to be the kind of guy that could call those set plays? Um, or you have you always been the kind of guy that when you join a team, you're not afraid to be like, this is what I want to do. I'm coming here. I'm doing this. I'm going to gank. I'm going to go behind this tower, take three camps. I think I always knew I had like a lot of potential with that. But I think I was much more passive the last years. But when I joined G2, I felt... I guess I felt more enabled, like, you know. I think Dylan helped me a lot with like just learning the jungle matchup and just playing the invade stuff. Like first, yeah, I spammed graves in the beginning. Like I joined the team, I joined G2, and I'm spamming graves, invading like every game. <laughs> I think I learned so much from that, and uh, yeah, um, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy story for me. Yeah, I like that you guys set them up to play the graves. I think that like obviously you have to be able to follow through on that, but I think that there's a lot of on paper, when you look at a team from the outside with so many veterans, with clearly so much raw mechanical skill, you bring in a young player, you know, who doesn't have as much experience. I think a lot of people would just assume, hey, buddy, Sidwani Maokai, you know, or whatever yeah. the equivalent was in the meta at yeah. the time, you know. Well, after the Evelyn game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's like, now it's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I think I like that you guys actually set him up. Um, like and but you talked already about how the plan for the year for G two was to be more aggressive because yeah. you felt like it was something that you lacked. Uh, when did like when did you know that he was willing to do that? Was it in? Were you scared when you did pick him up that it wasn't initially going to transition because you had seen it so many times with rookies? Um, I, I think we made sure to just like we talked a lot before the year about what we want to do. Um, we had a lot of workshops, a lot of team discussions, and one thing that. I think staff and players kind of agreed on. Um, it wasn't just me. It was like Caps and Hans and all this. I was like, we want to be an aggressive team. That yeah. was like already a very important value to us before we even started our first scrims. So I think it was kind of natural to implement some of this stuff. Yeah. And look look where we are now. Some Maokai and some Ivern and some Sidwani. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just <laughs> slaves we, we to the meta, it. no matter how, yeah. what your goals are. Okay, but yeah. to be fair, you can play these champs, and if mm. your lanes are pushing, you can still play aggressive, right? You can still oh, contest yeah. yeah, things. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of these patterns and that we've learned, we still use very often, and I think it's, uh, I think it's just good. Yeah, I think I have an aggressive Maokai, you know? Three camps intimidated but, with Maokai, I love doing that. <laughs> yeah, I also think your, your style is just unique, like into Europe specifically, right? No one else does this, correct me if I'm wrong, like this aggressive style of like high pace, volatility, those kind of lanes where you're playing like the Dravens or the Kogmo Browns or the Kleds or something crazy just to like snowball through sides. So I think it's like interesting that not only are you playing this unique style, but you've shown it for so long now yeah. in Europe and no one's ever been like, hmm, let's try it ourselves. Maybe they have in scrims, right? But uh, when it comes to stage, I look at BDS, for example, we know their, their plan the mm -hmm. whole time. You know, Fnatic's very like a bot-centric team in a sense where Oscar's now playing a bit more tankish, even though he played like the, uh, the one Gwen game. SK was like really jungle-reliant, yeah. you know, Mad Lions. Are a mess half the time, but it's Niski's always <laughs> their been jungle this support. They're jungle support reliant. When they're jungle and support yeah, yeah, are cooking, yeah. they're they're so doing yeah. Support. I feel like this this unique this is like aggressive style is unique. And even if you told me like, hey, tell me an LPL team that has this aggressive style or LCK team, it's like, well, a lot of them are quite slow these days. You yeah, know? there's not like this high pace. I guess OMG is like a bit aggressive in that sense, but or or like Weibo for example. But like you know the JDGs, the EDGs of the world. LNGs, they're they're relatively slow in my opinion. Yeah. They're not like this yeah. high tempo team. So I think your your playstyle actually is really unique. Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how it's gonna be at Worlds playing versus these teams, JDG and LNG. If we're gonna have to adapt and play also like the way they play, or if aggressive styles will actually work versus them too. I mean, I've mm. just scrimmed versus them a bit, so I kind of have a feeling on how it could be. But yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah. yeah, BLG has a little bit of that spirit too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. One more Double question uh, on this topic. Uh, 
the like the eternal question anytime we do all pro or anything is is like it's really hard to decouple individual players from their team identity so when g2 does well you're naturally gonna look great and while i'm inclined to believe you are a great player you know i, I am curious what you think like what have you learned from g2 that if god forbid you had to go to another team do you think like you would take with you like what development have you had that like if you think you had to let's say start fresh whole new team do you think you could now be the aggressive player that you are in G2, that you could make those calls, that you could be that kind of person, even without the same like support behind you? I would say so. I think I learned so much with this aggressive style. I like I I, I really learned so much playing like this aggressive style. We played so many scrims of it and uh, yeah, I'm very used to it now. So I feel like going to a new team, if it's like had all this knowledge, I feel like I could uh, probably make this very good early game plans, and I think uh, we could probably play the same style. And that would be, it would be fun to see, you know, how it would be. Yeah. But well, then I also have like the best laners. So. Yeah, I know, no, no. Right now, again, <laughs> stay away, North America. Hands off. Um, stay here. Oh, yeah, I forgot stay. about that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's the stay thing away. that happens. <laughs> Look uh, what you did to inspire. No, <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Bro, no. Come on. <laughs> Where is he? He's not even playing <laughs> now. Fucking, he's, you can't he's kick him when he's hell. down. He's been at the gym though oh, yeah, every he's day. A lot. He's That's absolutely true. ripped. Yeah, he's shredded. He's touched grass. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Get off the grass. We need Get you. Get on the grass. <laughs> Get back in the DX Get race. Get the white noise in his ears. Secret lab yeah. or whatever. <laughs> secret lab. <laughs> secret lab. Um... <laughs> Dude, this is fantastic. I, again, just congratulations. Like, Thank I you. think well-earned. You're right. We had a, a wonderful crop of crop. Oh, God, it sounds so weird and dehumanizing. We had a wonderful group of rookies this year. Um, and I think it's really cool that, you, that you've risen to the top. And I'm excited, especially when we start to talk about Worlds, what this holds for you guys. Because Rama was, as he does, very aggressively selling me on scrims were close. There's not that big of a gap. We can beat them. But I think Ramah has literally said that every year. This is during MSI. <laughs> every year to me, no matter who he has been working with. So hearing you guys kind of reinforce that it's like these little gaps and you are getting closer and closer um, builds a lot of excitement for me when we look at what LEC can accomplish internationally. Um, the question I'm going to ask that we've been asking G2 very frequently recently is like, where do you think the other teams that'll be joining you at Worlds match up? Is this a unique G2 thing? Do you think for yourselves, based on what you've seen, based on what you've scrimmed, that you are this close to some of our Eastern competitors? Or do you think that Fnatic, Mad, BDS are going to be able to bridge that gap? Um, I, I don't want to... Like, I don't want to be too overconfident because this split hasn't ended yet, right? We could, yeah. we could easily end the split at third place, right? Yeah. Um, and I was there last year, right, where I thought that we were the best team and we were first through winner's bracket, and then we just lose finals. And then we go in second and broke, I would say, outperformance at Worlds as well. So uh, that being said, like if you take this whole year of just scrimming against the other year teams, it's probably the biggest gap I've seen between like a, a top team and the other teams. Like, mm. like I've never been on a team where we'll go like a month without dropping a scrim set or two months without dropping a, with only dropping like hardly any scrim sets or mm. zero actually. So I think if I were to guess right now, I'd say we have the best shot. Um, I will say I was not a believer in Mad Lions, especially when Same. I was not at Same. all. <laughs> but Same. when I hear them really starting to do really well in scrims again, and I saw they played very, very well in their last best of five, and they did make two finals and win a championship this year, I think this team can be good. Like they have the players and the potential to be a very strong team. And personally, I like I hope they get it together, right? Yeah. Um, and we obviously know, I know a bit less against them, right? Because we're preparing for Mad Lions, mm -hmm. so yeah. I'm I'm hopeful. Um, I really hope they get their shit together and I hope they perform. Um, I think they can be quite good. And as for the other teams, we'll see, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of them's going to play Golden like Guardians. Fnatic, so. has, Fnatic has, like, uh, now, like, the Oscar and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> BDS. They've been hit and miss, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Listen, as long as our fourth seed rocks up, beats Golden Guardians, I don't care if they lose the Switch stage or whatever stage they go to, if they lose the whole Please thing. The second they win the that one best of five, that's it. They've Please. done their job. Third seed, however, you need to get a bit further through the tournament. But fourth seed just has one goal, in my eyes at least. I agree, but I'm also very scared. <laughs> uh, I think we win those. Yeah, we thank you. Those? Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, we, we win, win those. those. Uh, you think fourth seed win those. Fine, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've seen enough EU versus NA games through the years that I'm... I'm confident. Yeah, you're on our this. side now for the last yeah, few years, yeah, aren't yeah. you? For a long time. We're yeah. the two best North American exports you're the, oh, on the same yeah. podcast, yeah. by the way. Yeah, We're yeah, just yeah. crushing it. Yeah, can we just No disrespect it? to Cody's son's time in the <laughs> LFL, though. Okay. <laughs> Has there been any other any imports? Yeah, Co Co or Cody's son yeah, played no, I'm LFL. I'm saying like on 
From a coaching staff perspective, I think. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably's been here. Yeah, probably was. Probably was here. Probably before us. Yeah. Carried the torch. Yikes just won Rookie of the Year, but you guys, best in four <laughs> don't, minutes. So don't undercut Yikes Rookie of the Bush. Year, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just celebrating. No, I'm no, celebrating this no, too. I know, but you shouldn't even say it in the same sense. I'm memeing. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, yeah. wasn't, I didn't mean it like that. I don't know, know if... Uh, actually, to be fair, Dylan, it's not a meme for you. You've achieved a lot. I'm, I'm just good at casting, bro. I don't, <laughs> don't sell yourself in, so I'm not short. Trying to sell You're myself great. Short. I've done a lot of stuff for the LEC from a broadcast perspective, but I'm not trying to say that my achievements... Should be in the same discussion no, as no one's saying that. Yeah, the long but track record of success of Mr. Dylan Palco <laughs> or of Yikes Rookie of the Split. Um, so your matchup versus Mad then, great versus Excel caught us off guard most certainly. I thought that they were just done completely, but yeah. in true Mad fashion, they came back. They're looking, um, they're looking good. I know this is the tricky part of the conversation because I obviously don't want you to give away anything um, from a prep standpoint. But could you maybe walk us through what you thought went super well in the Excel series? What impressed you? Uh, for the Mad Lions? I think I was impressed with two things mostly. I was impressed with their their draft. I think mm-hmm. they started drafting very well. Um, I think they really kind of understood how to enable their carries. So I'll try to say it as vague as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think like I think their ball lane, especially Karzi, is playing super good. Mm-hmm. He's just playing very, very, very well. Yeah. And that's usually been what that team has kind of relied on, I think, when they did well. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think? Um... Yeah, the matchup. I guess Excel just. I feel Excel played a bit worse, and Matt played pretty good. So, yeah, it was three uh, zero. Felt a bit bad for the Excel boys, but it's gonna be fun to play versus Matt. I think. Yeah, they're looking much better right now. What do you think of Yoya? Uh, I always thought that Yoya was like the best younger in uh, Europe for uh, like for this year when I play versus him all the time. So it's always very fun to play against him because yeah, I still think so. I've, think he's insane and uh, yeah uh, it's always hard to play versus him but hopefully we win <laughs> yeah. I like the respect given over yeah I think while Mad have been shaky and the team hasn't always you know been on the same page and haven't been able to put up the results I think he has remained a pretty strong individual player very yeah. clearly and you know not every game has been perfect in the in the mad struggles but this game exciting and I think at this stage short of absolute mad collapse again which again because of the nature of Mad Lions who knows when and where it's gonna happen but they I, just ascend to godhood they, just, and they, they ascend just, and they descend just yeah. as fast sometimes so we're just gonna have to see where Mad Lions end up on the on the scale but um, I feel like this very also very much could be the Montpellier finals rematch as well depending but we'll have to see from BDS Fanatic. Wonders back. Oscar in and out. Hearts out to Oscar in and really tough. I cannot believe that he played that series. He, he got the Worlds with one hand. Yeah, that's Not many crazy. people can say that. <laughs> yeah, that's... Pentakill with one hand too. <laughs> I'm shocked yeah. that he played that series in hindsight now. I be, He did play well. You could see him like kind of get his headset on. And he was oh, like, yeah, I saw that too. He couldn't move his hand and him. he was like getting rats work to put his headset on for him. I was like, what the hell's going on here? So, yeah, yeah. At the time, we knew behind the scenes but we weren't going to talk about it. So it was very weird to... <laughs> like actively trying well, to because we were just thinking about it yeah because like we we didn't officially know but it was pretty easy to figure out once you were in yeah they in the studio yeah. but it's not our business to share that publicly if if he and fanatic don't want to share yeah. that publicly but i was really nervous heading into the cast because like if he just bombs like how do we dance how do we dance Actually, around true, that yeah. Yeah, you know what i mean because i don't want to be disrespectful to him but i also don't want to be disingenuous you know what i mean yeah. and it's because you, you can be like, oh, well, he's having a bad game, maybe a bad day. Or Who like, knows bad why he's struggling? Yeah, it's like, it's we know why he's struggling. Yeah, 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 like yeah. But in, he injured. Credit to him. And I, and I, you know, I have no idea how much pain he was in, but that, it's I, funny because he, he, he had nothing on his, on his fingers or hand. He played yeah. the whole series and he took it, it immediately, immediately after, instantly bandaged up like yeah. all of it. So yeah. he must have been in some pain for sure. Must but have sure hurt. I have no doubt that he fought the play of that series. And I can understand why. Because while technically, uh, WQS or whatever is not Worlds. It feels like Worlds. And if you can play one last series and it's the series that's going to qualify your teams to world before you have to take a indeterminate break, I would understand why you'd want to play it mm. yeah. from a pro player perspective. Wonder being back is kind of fun though. Oh, that's going to be exciting, yeah. <laughs> Wonder versus Adam. Christy Frierson, our beloved Andrew, will at some point this weekend, I'm sure, say grudge match and post all the tweets. Yeah. Um, some point, at someone will give us the footage of the scrim with the rumored Yumi versus Olaf. Maybe. One day. One we'll day find we'll it. find the footage. We'll, we'll dig One day. Deep and we'll <laughs> see Somebody it. has it out there. Um, <laughs> maybe they just, you know, if it's a game five, they just duke it out. You know? Yeah. One last time. Olaf versus Yumi. 
Yeah, I think Wonder gets a lot of credit as a player who can probably just slot in here. Um, but this like has to be a debuff for Fnatic, right? Based on like everything that they've done. Not no offense to Wonder as an individual player, but just from like a team synergy standpoint, this this is cannot be good for Fnatic. As much as people like Wonder and they're excited and it's a difficult situation, like I can't imagine this improves Fnatic. Yeah. Hmm. I think if I were to trust a player to come in with like low amounts of practice and perform. <laughs> Okay, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I did not mean it like that. I know, but, but it's so good because yeah. he's the player who never played solo queue. It's like he spent okay. his entire life training for this moment. True. He spent his but entire life he not did, practicing he did. that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so he I'm is, wondering. I, do you yeah. think he's right? I don't want to take away anything from him as a pro. I think he's a very good pro player. He is just you say that, but he had like an insanely high win rate and was like top ten. Just before yeah, the ranking. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually was gonna say, like when when I think he got benched. From, he immediately like I don't know if it was after he benched or whatever queue. happened. Yeah, yeah. Um when he was no longer playing for Fnatic, mm. he instantly went solo queue and I think he hit top ten in yeah, like in was, like a like few that, weeks. He was with, crazy. He was playing like a, a ton of games. So clearly he's very still can do it, right? Yeah. Um it's just gonna be hard in only a few days to be up on the meta, all your matchups. I'm sure he wasn't playing ten games a day, right? Uh maybe he was playing a bit, but mm. it's definitely a debuff. But I think he can do it. Yeah, I think he can yeah. do it too. He was playing Baldur's Gate with you. We know yeah. he wasn't playing 10 games <laughs> Look, Fnatic fans, if Wonder loses, I may have taken 40 it's hours for him to play Baldur's Gate in the last few fault. weeks. But uh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, no. But I, I do I do also see the lens of like, when Wonder was on Fnatic, he had, it was Wonder and Reckless. And yeah. I think Razork and Humanoid made it clear that, yeah, we can't play too any side lanes right now. Everyone's just trying to sack both sides in draft and in game. So we yeah. can't really do anything. Now it's a bit different, right? Because he has Noah Trimby, so Wunder can sack, and that's like old, sometimes G2-esque sometimes, you know, when they want to yeah. play like mid-bot side, well, Wunder's always like the flexible guy. And I think like, it's not like the meta has, you know, it's changed a few times in top lane, but at the end of the day, there's no picks there that are like, oh, wow, really, truly wacky. Like, yeah. what, Gwen, Sion, Orn, Renekton, Darius, like, he's been yeah. here. He's, he's lived through the Adam playing against Adam. So, yeah, again, I feel like of all the players you could have possibly sub, Wonder is probably your number one option for top laner. Yeah, um, I think the counts to Adam is just missing pings. Yeah, spamming missing pings, so <laughs> you can't kill your Evelyn in on, the young On your red buff area, just being invaded. <laughs> yeah, Adam. that guy just roams everywhere. Yeah, That's that. why I want BDS to be the fourth seed. Not, I don't want him to lose, but I want him to go against Golden Guardians. I want, just a little licorice I want versus NA Adam. to get the Adam treatment. Just one time, just so I can see it from like versus a, River. Never played against him, never screened against him. Research all his games. Guys, he's going to leave his lane level three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> yeah, you got to live it. You can't just watch it. You got to live the Adam experience. This oh man does not care about his yeah. own resources. Yeah, I love it. Uh, predictions. I won't make you predict your own game because you'll predict yourselves, and that's cool. Um, <laughs> we're also probably, are we predicting G2? I'm predicting G2. Yeah. Three, oh, I don't one, like score two. lines. You don't like going more. I'm gonna say just not do score lines. Hmm? You can just say you don't do score lines. Don't they always do predictions? Yeah. No. Well, I used to do score line predictions, but sometimes I feel like score line like these days. Score lines are kind of misleading. Yeah, it's true because like uh, you can have a close three zero and a like a three two that's just like one team trolling for two games or just drafting (laughs) terribly. Also, like blue side win rate. I don't know. Yeah. So I'll say two. Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they get at least one game off you. For awesome, sure. Okay. Um, we'll mm. see. Maybe it goes full five. I like full five, personally. But um, again, Faith and Mad, shaky at best. Yep. At most times. Um, you guys right now, clear clear favorites. And I feel like it's so apparent that I don't even feel like it's podcast bias just because you're sitting in front of me for saying that. Um, but BDS Fanatic, ooh, potentially more spicy. Gang. You can predict. You don't have to give me a scoreline because I don't care that much. I'm just or curious. If you're a chad, you, can't say a you can't say a scoreline. I'm if you want. not a chad, obviously. Whoever wants to go first, whoever feels compelled. There's no no immediate pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Go well, Fnatic 3 1. Fnatic 3 1. Yeah. To Montpellier. Winner goes Montpellier, right? Yeah, winner goes yeah. Montpellier. I'll Loser say, goes to World's Qualifying Series. I'll say Fnatic 3 2. Okay. Damn. Faith and Fnatic. I like it. I think. Damn. I do agree with Dylan though. Like, if there's any player that they needed in a role to like it sub in, it's Wonder. Like, you could have chosen any other role, jungle mid support AD, you wouldn't be able to find a better player to sub in such a short notice. Like, imagine it was just like uh, someone who's playing in ERLs, right? 
yeah. and they just need to sub in and it's their first time playing and it's for like a world it's like, like their academy top five, academy top it's just like yeah. the guy it's might done. be good but man that's scary yeah. wait is wonder reverse blipoing right now no but he's yeah. the funny did thing he, about just, wonder, he just kicked out the rookie player so the veteran can come <laughs> no, the best thing was, the best thing was wonder he was under contract but he got benched and then i think his contract went void because it must come come to an agreement because they yeah. said thank you wonder oh, yeah. they did. and now 3 oh, months shit. later he actually wasn't signed to a team so they must have had to re-sign him oh, wow. to oh, get him back on. He wasn't yeah. on the bench. I don't know what the emergency substitute rules are, but pretty much all of those rules are like an asterisk with riot approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I wonder if just because of the circumstances and because he had not played for any other team, if they made an exception or if the rules just allowed for an emergency substitute at this stage. I don't know. I don't know enough about the rules. Yeah. The same with I wonder if they're going to keep him for Worlds then. I feel yeah. like you would have to in the same way that like the promise cue Mickey situation where it's just like you just we had the Beepo so as the broken hand yeah yeah the oh same story. everyone that breaks the a fanatic top yeah. 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 so as world's finals Mickey world's <laughs> finals Oscar wins pentakill no if not the world finals have you got okay. a hammer can I just smash my hand this and maybe was I'll go the back joke to we made with lore no, 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 I'm like gonna go back faker? to <laughs> you know I'm just saying turns T1 around gets them to finals from fifth place yeah kids if you're listening do not take any of this advice please hmm. take care of i mean that rest. is four positives out of it yeah but the fact that it's also fanatic and it happened basically in a very similar capacity with so as Bopo is very funny to me yeah same yeah. how history repeats itself same time of the year as well yeah more or less because well, this was before Bupo, msi though was the oh, was before MSI? Yeah. yeah so but same functional thing Bopo yeah. came in for playoffs that's funny um regardless fanatic i'm inclined to agree uh, I think that it is close, though. I will say that. I don't think it is quite as clear-cut. Fnatic were very sloppy, but I do think BDS kind of do the same thing pretty consistently. And I have faith mm -hmm. in Wonder to stop the Adam Storm. Yeah, I have faith in Wonder, too. We'll have to see. Uh, regardless, this weekend, two absolute banger series. The last week before Montpellier will be there next week. It's going to bang. EMEA Masters Finals as well. We'll be there on the Friday. Oh, yeah, EMEA Masters. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, <laughs> you might be out of time. EMEA Masters might have a few left. Check it out. K-Corp is there. You... If K Corp buy gets them there, now, I'll be oh, like, oh, it's going to be crazy. Those tickets so are going to be scalped for millions <laughs> yeah. of dollars. So if you wanted to be a Masters ticket, buy it now, preemptively. Maybe yeah. the K Corp fans have already bought them. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're in the semifinals right now. So, yeah. 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 It's going to be intense. Check out Amiya Masters in the meantime. This has been the Euphoria Podcast, episode 22. Thank you again both so much for joining. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Congrats again on being the best NA export. Congrats again on being rookie of the year. It's thank not you. even a split, it's rookie no, of the year. Yeah, it's crazy. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Bam, that's the episode. We'll see you this weekend. Bye-bye.